and welcome to this week's message from Ed Carter, Senior Pastor at Valley Church. Catch up on recent messages and find out what's happening in the life of church by heading to valleychurch.eu or follow us on social media. Enjoy the message. I'd like to say a big warm welcome to everybody in the room and it's great to have the guys in Lancaster. Hi Dave and Gnomes, Chris and Andy in North Preston and Ben and Mel in Stockport. It's great to have all the congregations together and for those who can't see our congregation we're growing here and I know a lot of you are growing in the other services so God's doing something amazing amongst us he really is and we should be excited that God hasn't finished with us yet and I I am believing this Easter that God's going to say something to each one of you and me to each one of us something that will change our perspective change your mindset change something significant that will help us walk into all that God has for us God hasn't finished with any of us yet there's more for us to do for him. There's more to un- to, for us to understand. There's a, there's a greater future, a greater influence that each one of us can have wherever we are. It's true. We've been on a holiday. We've had a staycation. Very exciting staycation. We've been to the cinema. We've done crazy golf. Who else likes crazy golf? Yeah. Crazy golf? Who's done the Manchester one? Anybody done the Manchester one, the dinosaur thingy? Is that worth doing, the dinosaur thing, one doing? It's good, is it? It's all right. That was good. Um, we've done that. Obviously, we've been helping with the sheep. We had a we really had a bad day. One day, lost a few lambs and the sheep. So, but in general, we're doing okay. The sheep's doing okay. Uh, my niece Lucy's looking after the sheep, and we had a rest. We went actually on Friday. We went to Manchester to the Manchester Hilton at what was it called? At Old Trafford, and at the cricket ground. And as you know, I'm a cricket fan. And we got upgraded to a view of the pitch. And it's got its own little balcony. So you can open the door, go out, and you can kind of sit on the... Nobody else cares, do they? <laughs> Think of Manchester United, Dave. No, don't. No, they keep losing. Yeah, sorry, Man United fans. Well, it's the Easter series. We're looking at chains being broken. Let's read again Galatians chapter 5. And make sure this truth is in our heart and inside our soul. Galatians chapter 5. Paul writes this about Jesus and about us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened anymore by a yoke of slavery. And we're thinking about how the fact that at Easter, Jesus died to break chains. Things that are holding us back, restricting us. Things that have happened in our life, things that we've done, others have done, life has done, but they can be broken, transformed, healed. And actually, God will use something, do something good through each and every one of our circumstances. And various speakers are speaking about various things. And uh, some, I guess, you can listen to or get notes from and all that kind of thing. But this morning, this afternoon in Stockport, I want to speak about breaking the chains of allegiance. Breaking the chains of allegiance. For the bad spellers, allegiance is really hard to spell. But it's up there for you, look. Thank you, Ollie. Ollie spelt it right first time. I had to look it up in the dictionary. But breaking the chains of allegiance. Let's just pray and I'll get into the message. Father, I thank you so much that you loved us enough to die on that first Easter Sunday. We thank you too that... Sorry, on that first Easter, uh, Easter Friday. And we thank you too for that first Easter Sunday where he came back to life to give us hope and life and joy and peace and eternity in our hearts and our souls. And Father, we thank you for that. 
And we're grateful for that. And Father, this morning, this afternoon, God, we ask that you come to speak with us. You would change something with us, within us today because we've been in your presence. And Father, we pray too, if there's any who hear this, who don't know you or have gone far from you, Father, we pray that they may realize again how loved they are, how precious they are in your sight. And they may turn again to you and begin to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Bible talks about two kingdoms. Two kingdoms. Um, if you have ever read the, uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew's always on about the kingdom of God. He introduces the idea in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, when he says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is near. Jesus picks up the refrain in Matthew 4, verse 23. He says, um, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And Luke records it, and Mark records it. And it's all about the kingdom. There's this kingdom that Jesus is bringing, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He is bringing the kingdom. And the Bible also talks about another kingdom, the kingdom of evil or the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of darkness. Paul writes about it in Ephesians chapter 6. And he describes it like this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, For your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, he says, put on your full armor of God and stand firm, because you're a Christian. How dare you retreat? Stand firm in the light of everything. And the Bible talks about these two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Now, the first thing, first kind of key thought I want to make sure you have, these two kingdoms are not even. God is ultimately the king of everything, right? He's the king of everything. So he's, he is the king of the kingdom of darkness. He still rules it. He's still got authority over it. The, the, the kingdom of darkness exists for a season, and one in the future it will be done away with. It will be gone. It will be finished. And he will rule in righteousness over everything. He allows it for a season. He allows it a season for us. And we need to remember that. The reason why there's a kingdom of darkness is because God gave us free choice. Another being's free choice. And he allowed it for a season so we could choose to follow him. Rather, as it were, being instructed for, to follow him. But we must remember, they're not, it's not like two even kingdoms battling to see who's going to win. All right, that's not what the Bible ever says, right? The Bible says clearly the kingdom of heaven is more powerful, it's stronger, it's, and, 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 and the kingdom of God is waiting patiently, as it were, until the kingdom of darkness is finally destroyed. But all of us, all living beings, belong in one of the kingdoms. As you're a living being, hearing my voice, be it Lancaster or North Preston, Stockport in the room, each one of you is in one of the kingdoms. There isn't a third kingdom. There's either a kingdom of heaven, a kingdom of darkness, and there's just the two of them. And all beings give allegiance to one. Allegiance, they give loyalty and commitment to one or the other. There's, there isn't a, a half a sitting on the fence position. I know a lot of people would like to have that position. I'm going to sit on the fence and kind of wait and see. But the Bible does not give us that opportunity. It says there's either one or the other. We're either 
we have allegiance to the kingdom of God or we have allegiance to the kingdom of darkness. And both kingdoms have an access. We access the kingdom in different ways. And um, I want to just, as my second kind of key thought, before I actually get into my message proper, is I want to tell you what the access is. The kingdom of darkness or evil is accessed by choosing self. It's accessed by choosing self. And uh, way back in history, we don't know how pictorial Genesis chapter 3 is, but it explains that the first humans chose themselves over what God instructed them to do. He told them not to touch the tree of goodness and evil. We've got an evil. He said, don't touch a tree. Don't, not, don't eat the tree. You were actually allowed to touch it. Don't eat of the tree. But then he says in verse 6 that Eve did this. When the woman, when Eve saw the fruit of the tree, that it was good for food, right? She saw it and it was good for food. She said, oh, that looks good. I wonder why God said we couldn't have it. It doesn't say why. God didn't say why. There's no reason given. It just, God says, just don't do it. It's just bad for you. Just leave it alone. Might look good. Might taste good. But leave it alone. But when she saw it, it looked good and pleasing to the eye. And she felt it was desirable for gaining wisdom. She disobeyed God, trusted herself, took some and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who also decided to do the same thing. Don't let's blame Eve. We're all involved in this. He was with her and he ate too. They chose self and through it accessed the kingdom of darkness, which I briefly described from Ephesians chapter 6. But the kingdom of heaven is accessed through Jesus. It's accessed by choosing Jesus. And these two are two key thoughts that you should never forget. We access the kingdom of darkness by choosing self. We access the kingdom of heaven by choosing Jesus. And these should be big deals for us as Christians as Christ was, that we remember this, that Jesus, by believing in him, his death, his resurrection that we're going to celebrate next weekend, believing that his death and resurrection was sufficient for us to be forgiven, set free, healed, restored, and have a relationship with God again. And as I prayed, if you don't know Jesus or you've drifted far from him, you know, Dave will give us an opportunity after I finish to, to make a decision to follow Jesus, to choose Jesus for the first time or the first time again if you're not there. But the Bible also makes clear that all of us begin in the kingdom of darkness. The writer of Romans says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, he says these things. Therefore, he says, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to everybody. Everybody. So everybody begins, as it were, in the kingdom of darkness. All our children do. All our people who live on our street do. All our work colleagues do. All our family do. Everybody begins in the kingdom of darkness. Because we're tied in, as it were, to the original sin, the original choosing of self, way back when mankind began. And um, it's not like we need convincing that we do bad stuff, right? I've never met a person and, and challenged them and said, so... Have you lived a perfect life? And both of you say, you know, I've been quite good, which means, yes, I've done quite a bit of bad stuff, but it's kind of balanced. 
by the, some of the good stuff, right? That's what people try and think. That's not scriptural. It's not what we believe. We believe one choice to disobey God is enough to enter the kingdom of darkness. So you, it's not like it's a balancing scale, guys. It's a, it's a, and so we all begin. Our kids, remember parents? You know, when your children were one or two, did you teach them to do bad stuff? Did you? But they did it quite naturally. They really did. Amazing how bad children can be. Don't do that. It's amazing, isn't it? I just said, don't do it. Why did you do it? Do we change much as adults? But that's another message altogether. Yes, I'm looking at you, Andy. I've met some memories of you when you were little. Anyway, <laughs> we, all, we all begin there, which means that we have a bias towards the kingdom of darkness. We have a bias towards. Even those of us who've switched allegiances, who've chosen Jesus, still have a bias in our lives. A kind of muscle memory, as it were, of, of what it was like. Romans 3.23 talks about that the wages of sin is death. Ephesians 6 verse 23 talk about the wages of sin is death as well. But, but in both passages, they talk about the gift of God is eternal life. Which, which means that even though all of us begin in the kingdom of darkness, nobody needs to stay in the kingdom of darkness. There is a way out into the kingdom of God. For most of you, you already know Jesus, right? Yeah. Um, so the question becomes, well, my allegiance is now with Jesus. And yet this muscle memory of the kingdom of darkness still seems to be in it. How do I break that allegiance? How does the cross help me break the chains of past allegiance so that I can be fully, as it were, lined up to what my mind and my heart truly once. And Romans 7 explains the issue that we feel. It's a famous verse. You've been in church for a while. You'll have heard it. Right. I'm going to read it out quickly for you. Paul writes this. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am, but I am unspiritually sold as a slave to sin. I'm in chains to sin. I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And I do what I do not want to do. I uh, and, and I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do do it, but it, it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. What I do not, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, it's the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work when I want to do good. Evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in the law of God. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner, a prisoner, still in chains, of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am, he says. If you stop there, it would be true. What a wretched man we would be if that was the end of the story. But it's not. Who will rescue me? from this body of death. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 7 is explaining the dilemma. It's not saying that's where we are. And I 
It's one of my pet peeves if people use Romans 7 to justify the fact that Christians sin. It's not a justification. It's just an explanation that we have this issue going on in our lives, right? That's all Paul's doing. He said, this is how it feels. But the reality is, Romans 8, verse 1 to 4, therefore, he says, this is now, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be an offering, and so condemning the sinful man in order that the righteousness requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Paul says he's done. On the cross, Jesus broke the allegiance. There might be a muscle memory, but that, that is all it is. It is no longer something that should hold us captive any more. 1 Corinthians 10, which you should never, you should stick 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 somewhere on your house and never forget it. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, Paul writes, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. As Paul's saying, you've no excuse for sin. There's always a way out. And he'll never tempt you beyond the possibility of getting the way out. It's a bit sobering, right? If you're a Christian, a bit sobering. Because you're responsible, Paul's saying, for when you stuff up. And he stuffs up occasionally. For those who didn't put your hands up, why not? He just stuffed up right there and then. By not being honest. So the question is, how do we get rid of that muscle memory that the kingdom of darkness has left in us? How do we fully align ourselves or our allegiance be utterly worked out in our life? Well, I want to suggest a few things. I'm not sure I'll quite get to the end of my message. I'll get as far as I get, right? Carry on in a bit, but there's two big mindsets, church, that we we have to have in our heads at all times. And if we ever deviate from either one of these mindsets, I'm just about to unpack. If we ever deviate from them, we'll automatically trip up. Are you ready? So the, the, the first mindset is this: is that we need to recognize that it will be, it's it's God who will set us free, not ourselves. We need to have faith in God and only faith in God. We need to recognize that it's only God can set us free from that allegiance. We will never walk away from it ourselves. We need to humbly admit that we can't do it. If I'm really honest, hand on the heart, male A1 leader man that I am, I don't like that. I want to fix it. It's my mess, my problem. I want to fix it. For some of you, it's, yeah, it's cool. You go, yeah, no, I can, I can get it. But for some in this room, count myself among those. I want to fix it. I want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to have to rely on somebody else. Not even God himself. I want to do it. And we can't. 
you know when I'm lambing a sheep? Got my hand somewhere it probably shouldn't go. And I can't get the lamb out. It's stuck. I don't want to call the vet. I don't want to fail. If I'm fixing a machine and I can't mend it, I hate ringing the mechanics up. Because I... Because, and it's who we are, right? We want to fix things. We want to do it. The Apostle Peter. Apostle Peter, Matthew 16, verse 18. Jesus said something amazing over his life, right? He said this to Peter, just confessed that Jesus was the Messiah. And then Jesus says this about him. I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Peter was going like, cool, I'm awesome. Thank you very much, everybody. You know, wave to the rest of the disciples. I'm brilliant. And then in John chapter 13, Jesus is about to get arrested. And in verse 37, Peter says this. Um, Peter says, Lord, why can't I follow you? Where are you going? He says, I will, I will lay down my life for you. And then Jesus says, will you really? Lay down your life for me. I tell you the truth. Before the crock crows, you will disown me three times. Ouch. Peter had to learn. Because God was, Jesus said, I'm going to build, you're going to be on the rocks I build my church on, which we're part of. But you need to learn, Peter, you can't do it. You don't have the strength. You might want to. You might have the will to do it. You might have the passion to do it. But you can't do it. You have to be humbled remember I haven't got time to read it but at the end of the gospel of John Jesus takes Peter on a walk around the lake and three times he looks at Peter in the eye and says Peter do you love me three times Peter has to say yes 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 and he's utterly humbled and once Jesus knows he's utterly humble he says right now now you can do something significant something incredible because now you're going to trust in me you're not going to trust in yourself anymore you're only going to trust in me. We need to, to learn this. If we're going to take that allegiance, that muscle memory from the kingdom of darkness and, and drop it away so that we can walk fully into all that God has for us in the kingdom, we have to stop being self-reliant. Yeah. We have to be humble. And it's not easy for any of us. It's not easy. We need to leave behind past ways, past ways of thinking, past ways of depending on ourselves and others and totally depend on God. The second kind of big mindset is this. This probably covers anybody that the first one didn't cover. We need to believe that who God has made you, with his spirit in you, is that you're able to resist sin. You need to believe that you can resist sin, basically. You need to have belief in yourself. And so many Christians don't. God's big, God's enormous, powerful, right? So yeah, I can have faith in him. I'm little, I'm fallen, I'm broken. We know our issues, right? We know our weaknesses. We know if somebody prods us in a certain way, how we respond, right? But God needs us to understand that with his power living in us, we can overcome all things. Not a few things, but everything, everything, we can overcome everything. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 
says these words. And um, again, I've, I've met Christians that go, oh, it's just impossible. But Jesus wouldn't say something that was impossible, right? It says in Matthew 5, uh, verse um, 43, it says, You have heard that it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But then he says, but I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. That's tough, right? I was thinking about this this morning. If you're a Ukrainian, who's your enemy? Just shot your wife. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Oh, that's never going to happen. Hey. Then he says at the bottom of my little passage here in verse 48, he says, it says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. With God's spirit, you can. It might not be easy, but you can, right? You need to believe in who God has made you to be with his power inside of you. You can do the impossible. 1 Corinthians verse 10. When I find it. Verse 22, 23 says this. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is possible, but not everything is construct, instructive. Nobody should seek his own good, but the good of others. That's who we should be. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. We've already read 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Remember, you can be perfect. You can do things that are constructive and beneficial, and there's always a way out of sin. Remember these Things and you will walk without chains with your with your allegiance into the kingdom of heaven. I know that God will always give us strength to do it. You see, believing in God alone, strangely enough, is not enough to walk fully into the kingdom of God. I know it'd be nice if it was. Because then it'd be all God's responsibility and none of mine, right? The kingdom of God doesn't work like that. God made us free human beings. We have responsibility. And one of our responsibilities, church, wherever you are this morning, is to believe in yourself that God has made. With the, with the power of God. Remember the first point? It is all, all about God. Don't, don't, don't forget that mindset. But once that mindset is in, the way it has to impact you, you have to go, right, well, if God believes in me, I can believe in me. If God will equip me to do these things, then I will believe that and walk into life knowing that to be true. No, it's easy, right? I'm not saying it's easy. I was actually chatting into the car this morning uh, with Michelle. Um, and she's saying, Ed, you have to be real practical. Tell them how. I can't. I can't tell you how. I can just explain the mindsets for you. The things that you have to ask God to change inside your heart and your soul. To one, be humble and know it's all about him. But also, believing in yourself. It's, it's a mindset that if you ask God, he will give you. We did, we did talk about three things. I'll let you have these three things about this point. Just, it's about believing. And then it's about walking in it over the long term. They're not, not going to... No, it's not that one. Sorry, Ollie. It's not that. That's it. Thank you. It's, it's about believing these things and then walking in them for the long term. And I'm talking decades, not days. 
Because these things take a while to change. And all of us have been Christians for a while. No, it does. But if you keep walking in the same direction, day after day, over the long haul, be amazing how much change and progress God does in your life. How much more humble you'll be. And actually, how much more you believe in yourself, in the person that God has made you to be, and the things he's asked you to do. It begins with deciding every day to do the right thing. Every day to do the right thing. And never giving up. You know, all of us mess up. All of us mess up. The person that walks into all that God has for them, picks himself up, carries on, and keeps walking in the same direction for the long term. Yes, get some good friends. Get some good leaders in your life to help you along the way that will encourage you. All of us need people in our life that will encourage us. Also people in our life that will occasionally clip us around the ear hole and say, stop being an idiot. That was a really stupid thing to do. Now pick yourself up and go and do the right thing tomorrow. We all need people like that in our life as well. But in the end, it's about these mindsets becoming part of who we are. So become second nature. So those muscle memories begin to fade away and new muscle memories are made strong. I believe in God. I'll humbly walk before him knowing that it's all about him. He's going to do everything for me. But also then going, because of that, and your spirit lives in me, I know I can do all things in him. And so I will have confidence in who I am. Not just confidence in who God is, but I have. But I'll have confidence in who I am too, because he has equipped me to do all things. Well, I'm, I'm out of time, so I have some more points. I will do them next week for you all. For those of you who won't hear my message next week, they'll be online. Jesus came to help us break the chains of allegiance, to set us free. The kingdom of God has so much for us to enjoy, eternity and life and peace and all the other things. But to fully enter into it, we have to change allegiances. And there's something that we need to do. We need to have a faith in a God who can do what he says and also believe in ourselves with God's help that we can do all things that he asks us to do i'm going to pray and then dave's going to come up if you guys online just stay there before we hand over and dave will just lead us in the next section father we thank you for the cross we thank you father that it it broke chains it changed things for all eternity god help us to remember that the cross broke our allegiance to sin and to darkness and set us free to walk into life and grace and hope and peace and joy and all that you have for us. So my prayer is, God, help us to both trust in you, but also to trust in the person that you've made us to be, that we may walk in that kingdom and not in the kingdom of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you've been impacted by it and would like to respond by choosing to follow Jesus, we'd love to help you to do that. One of our pastors would love to be in touch with you. Why not email response at valleychurch.eu or head to valleychurch.eu forward slash next steps to discover more. We're so excited for your future. Be blessed.